arrived instead at a large four-story house, distinguished from its neighbors only by its shabby, unkempt appearance. The building seemed forbidding, even menacing, as it sat silently in the afternoon sunshine. There was no sign of life within the house, and Evelyn, as she glanced upward, scanning each floor, saw that heavy curtains covered all the windows. She felt a sudden chill. Should she enter this gloomy place? As she imagined the tomb-like silence inside. Edna Goodrich paid the driver his fare and was now ascending the steps to ring the bell. The door opened inward automatically at her touch. Without that familiar click that would indicate the release of a lock, and she began climbing a flight of rickety wooden steps to the second floor. Evelyn Nesbitt stood in the doorway, looking up into the darkened stairwell. Where on earth are we going? She asked anxiously. It's all right, Edna answered, pausing to reassure her friend. Come right along, go on up, she added cheerfully. Evelyn began to follow her companion, and as she started up the steps, a door opened at the top of the stairwell. A light appeared, casting its rays on the topmost steps. A man's voice, deep and resonant, a welcoming voice, boomed out a sudden greeting. Hello. And as she reached the top of the stairs, Evelyn could see Edna Goodrich leaning into Stanford White, embracing him and kissing him on the cheek. White stepped backward as Evelyn entered the room. He gazed at her, admiring her figure, his eyes lingering over Evelyn as she stepped shyly forward. She was just as beautiful as he had anticipated from her photographs in the newspapers. Indeed, now that he had met her, Stanford White realized that she was one of the most beautiful girls he had ever seen. Her cream-colored leghorn hat, trimmed with artificial flowers above the brim, was tilted slightly to one side. A taffeta ribbon circled the crown of the hat and fell away behind her, down her back, entwining itself around the long curls of her copper-red hair. Her cream-white blouse and her frock, an ankle-length summer dress of white mull, gave Evelyn a trim, youthful look, making her appear even younger than her sixteen years, an effect exaggerated by the timorous expression that crossed her face as she entered the apartment. White studied her carefully, noticing her large hazel eyes and her full lips. He saw that her nose had a slight upward tilt, her chin was precise, chiseled to perfection, and her forehead was clear and radiant. He glanced momentarily at Edna Goodrich, giving her a look of appreciation that she had introduced him to this marvelous vision. A second man, Reginald Ronalds, approached, and both men listened attentively as Edna Goodrich introduced Evelyn, telling them that Evelyn had recently joined the chorus in the musical Floridora, playing at the Casino Theater. Evelyn was a newcomer to the city, having moved with her mother and younger brother to New York only eight months before, in December 1900. Stanford White introduced his friend to Edna Goodrich and Evelyn Nesbitt. Reginald Ronalds, 35 years old, had graduated from Yale University in 1886 
and had fought with Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders in Cuba during the Spanish-American War. Despite his claim that he worked on Wall Street, no one, not even his closest friends, had any precise idea how Ronald's made his living, but since he always appeared to have plenty of money, it hardly seemed to matter. In truth, Ronald's lived an indolent existence, dining at his clubs, appearing at the fashionable dances, mingling with the city's aristocracy, and generally enjoying the leisurely life of a man about town. Everybody liked him. He was one of the wittiest men in New York, and he was rarely absent from any of the more important events on the social calendar. The dining table had been set for four people. The two men fussed over Evelyn during the luncheon, teasing her for her girlish appearance, bantering with her, and peppering her with questions. Did she find new...